Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about... The history of the beer. What's in it. How it was made. The history of the brewery. Along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' One Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Boom! I guess I like sports movies! Yeah, like real creepy like. Did you notice him with his pants down? With his pants yeah. I just noticed somebody was there. Yeah. No, his his he's, pants are down. He's taking a dump. Is that, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I want to do the secret cabal stuff. I don't want I don't want to just go oh, and drink. Still, you still got to wear a cloak and stuff. No, I no, no. I want the up. I want the real cabal stuff. Like I want the stuff <laughs> for controlling the world. I want the secret break. You know what? Screw that. Hi, I'm Mike Field, and I'm Mike Butler, and you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or maybe the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Woo! Come (laughs) on. That stuff is terrible, man. In the uh, 1870s, ooh, Captain Nathan Algren, Tom Cruise, a cynical veteran of the American Civil War who will work for anyone, is hired by Americans who want lucrative contracts with the Emperor of Japan to train the peasant conscripts for the first standing Imperial Army in modern warfare using firearms. The Imperial Amura, Masato Harada, cabinet's first priority is to repress a rebellion of traditionalist samurai hereditary warriors who remain devoted to the sacred dynasty but reject the westernizing policy and even refuse firearms. Yet, when his ill-prepared superior force sets out too soon, their panic allows the sword-wielding samurai to crush them. Badly wounded, Algren's courageous last stand makes the samurai leader Katsumoto Kenwantabi spare his life. Once nursed to health, he learns to know and respect the old Japanese way and participates as advisor in Katsumoto's failed attempt to save the Bushido tradition but Amura gets repressive laws enacted. He must now choose to honor dot, dot, dot. And that's what is this, a treatment? I Jeez, no man. It's written by KGF Vizzers. It's called brief. It's called <laughs> it's called editing. We're, we're talking about The Last Samurai today. Excellent. Excellent. I actually like that. We go right into the synopsis. I think that should remain. I think there should be a staple for all of our movies going forward, all of our episodes. I don't know how you feel about that. I like it sometimes. And so I like when we change it up. No, nah, I don't like that. I have yet to jump right into this. Song. I have spoken, and that is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so The Last Samurai is a runtime of 154 minutes. It's rated R, production budget of $140 million, released on December 5th, 
2003, about 17 years ago. Opening weekend did $24 million, domestic $111 million, worldwide $455 million. It was definitely bigger internationally. Production company was Radar Pictures, the Bedford Falls Company, Cruz and Wagner Productions, and it was dri- distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. I don't know if you've heard of them. <laughs> so on the same day on December 5th, you had Honey, the Jessica Alba star, right? Yep. And Mar- Mariah Carey's in that. You also had an extended edition of Lord of the Rings, A Fellowship of the Rings that was released. And this is the reason why that is out, because the following week you had the Two Towers come out and re-release. And the week after that, you had Return of the King release. So that's why you started seeing all the Lord of the Rings uh, starting this week on. Filter in. Right, right. Uh, On the 10th of December, which is five days after this, which is probably the Wednesday, you had a limited release Big Fish with the Ewan McGregor movie directed by Tim Burton, which I enjoy quite a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. On the 12th, that Friday, you had Stuck on You, a Farrelly Brothers movie with Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear. You like that? Uh, Stuck on You is okay. Moments. It's not my favorite Farrelly yeah. Brothers it's movie. It's got moments. Something's Gotta Give. Jack Nicholson's in that. Love Don't Cost a Thing. Girl with a Pearl Earring in a limited release. And The Statement in a limited release. I think I saw The Statement. I'm not sure, though. I don't know what The Statement it's is. It's with Michael Caine. I can't remember. I know he's in it. I think I've seen it. The 26th of November, which is the week before this, which is the Wednesday. So it's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You have the Haunted Mansion. That is the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. Oh, it's been that long since that came out. Yeah. Timeline. I know you like, we both like Timeline. Timeline, the movie's good. The book is is a little better, but the movie oh, the, is just kind of like a shortened version. Books of the book. are always better. Yep. The Missing, which is with Kate Blanchett and Tommy Lee Jones. Bad Santa. Uh, that's a very funny movie. <laughs> in a limited release, you have The Cooler, which I really like. We should put that on the list. In America, which we've talked about before. And The Triplets of Belleville. The reason why I have that there is because that won the Academy Award the following year for Best Animated Feature. So Last Samurai was directed by Edward Zwick. Uh, if you don't know who Edward Zwick is, let me let me tell you about Edward Zwick. He directed Glory, which is an awesome, awesome film. Legends of the Fall, About Last Night, and more recently Trial by Fire, which I did not know, and I want to see that. And... He actually, I don't know if he's a series creator, but he directed the first episode of the Hillary Swank show away that is on Netflix that mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm watching right now. He also wrote the screenplay with Marshall Herskowitz. They are actually writing partners, but the screenplay and another screenplay and a story credit was given to John Logan, who did Mike. Oh, my God. It's your show. He You're, did, he did uh, Star Trek. No, yeah. no. Rango. Oh, OK. Yeah, Rango as well. <laughs> yep. I thought you were doing a Star Trek. No, I was doing a Rango because okay. I know you love Rango. Rango. There you go. Skyfall, <laughs> Spectre, Alien Covenant, and he did Penny, the TV uh, series Penny Dreadful. I believe both of them, the spinoff, too. I still have to watch the spinoff. Zwick and Hersch- Hershkowitz uh, both were American Assassin. They did the Jack Reacher Never Go Back. I believe they both did Defiance in terms of writing. Uh, Zwick has directed some of those as well. Hershkowitz also wrote Love and Other Drugs. They also created a show in the 80s called the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, 30 something. Uh, if you've heard of that, your parents might have if you're young. The pretty good show. Anyway, cinematography by John Toll, who uh, is more recently doing The Matrix 4. He also did a movie that we just did called The Adjustment Bureau. Check it out. Cloud Atlas as well. Composed by Hans Zimmer. Uh, we've talked about Hans Zimmer before because Hans Zimmer did what, Mike? Rango again. Way to go, Mike. I'm right on it. <laughs> <laughs> Days of Thunder, Twister, and he won the Oscar for The Lion King. Produced by a whole mess of people. Uh, Tom Cruise is one of them. Paula Wagner, as I said, they are. It's a pr- uh, producing duo. They've done all the Mission Impossibles, Marshall, Elizabeth Town. They've also produced Shattered Glass, Narc, Without Limits. I tried to find some movies that Cruz produced that he was not in. He basically produces all his own films. He had Scott 
Krupp, who has produced Bill and Ted 1, 2, and 3, <laughs> the 95 Jumanji, and Teaching Mrs. Tingle, which I kind of want to watch again. I think it got a bad rep. I watched that a long, long time ago. Yeah, but I, I was expecting kind of like the faculty. I was expecting Scream, that kind of thing, because that's when it came out. Kevin Williamson, right, yeah. it was... It was I think it was lumped in with that, but it was a different type of movie. I should I should watch that again. Tom Engelman. And since October's coming up, that's probably a good idea to watch that since there's a horror movie. Tom Engelman has Terminal Velocity. It's way past October now. Oh, this is true. I apologize. We were recording in October or about to record. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) Tom Engelman has Terminal Velocity and Chronicles of Riddick. Edited by two people, Victor Dubois and Steven Rosenblum. Dubois did Anna Karenina, the 1997 version and Leaving Normal. Rosenblum nominated for an Oscar for Blood Diamond, Braveheart and Glory, all three. Before I go to the cast, I want to give you some other uh, Oscar nods. Wick has won the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. He produced that, and he was nominated for Traffic. Uh, John Logan has nominations for Hugo, the, Av- the Aviator, and Gladiator. And then John Toll nominations. He actually won for Braveheart and Legends of the Fall, and he was nominated for The Thin Red Line. This is for cinematography. So I just wanted to toss that in there real I've quick. I've seen Legends of the Fall. Really? Yeah. I wonder. It's. I'm not going to say it's perfect. But it's definitely a movie you should watch because it's got a lot of good people in there, and it's a, uh, it's it's worth watching. But it's I, an oft talked about movie. So yeah, but yeah. it's not like it's. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's not flawed. There's some Gotta moments. Blow your mind, Mike. It's, yeah, no, it's got some flaws, but it's it's still worth watching. All right, so obviously you know Tom Cruise is in this. Everyone, he plays Nathan Algren. I'm really not gonna give you his credits because if you don't know who Tom Cruise is, then you have not been paying attention. But I will tell you <laughs> that yeah, I will tell you that I'm really excited for Top Gun Maverick or whenever the heck that comes out. Uh, I'm excited for him to go into space in a couple months to film his. Uh, That's thing. awesome. I did watch. I did see hit the video of his sh- of his motorcycle jump. All oh, right. Right. Yeah. That was awesome. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ken Watanabe as Katsumoto. This is actually this is the movie that made Watanabe known to American audiences. He was already well established in Japan. Um but this is the is he Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah a yeah. lot of the film yeah. actors, the Japanese actors are well known. But they Japan. shot in New Zealand most of the movie. I know. Uh but it, he's also in Inception, Batman Begins and Letters from Iwo Jima, Iwo Jima, excuse me. Tony Goldwyn as Colonel Bagley or Colonel Bagley. Bagley? Bagley or Badgley? Bagley. He is the dirtbag and ghost who kills his best friend and then tries to hook up with his uh, best friend's ex-wife now or a widow. <laughs> what a jerk, right? He's in the TV show Scandal and he's also more recently in the Belko experiment. Masato Harada as Umura. I'm going to I'm going to tell you right now, these Japanese names are going to be tough on me, but I'm going to try to get them right. Like most other than the emperor's name. I'm getting there, man. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. He was <laughs> in a cry. He's known for Chronicle of My Mother, Bounce Kogals and Inugami or Inugami, but I will say this: Harada is a director. He used to be a critic, big time critic, and then he became a director. So he doesn't really do a lot of acting now. He's more of a director. Timothy Spall as Simon Graham, who we know him from our episode of Enchanted. Way to go, Butler! At Dynamite. I just keep thinking of him Dynamite drop in. I always think of him in Harry Potter. So that's well, he's in. He is. definitely plays. Um, uh, how was he play? Wormtail in uh, Harry Potter yeah. series. He's also in Secrets and Lies, which I that's a that's a movie. That's a Older, older film, late 90s, early 90s, excuse me, I think. I don't know if you'd like that. It's really more of a drama. But you might like it. Yeah. Billy Connolly as Zebulon Gant. Nice name. He uh, was they, in... they never say his name in the movie, I don't think. No, they don't. Because when I saw it in the credits, I was like, his name is Zebulon? <laughs> I don't know if he was nominated for a BAFTA or he won a BAFTA for his role in Mrs. Brown. I wrote that. I thought I wrote that down. Eh, whatever. But it was something to do with a BAFTA. He was also in the Boondock <laughs> Saints. He's in The Hobbit and he's in the animated movie Brave. Shin Koyamada as Nobutada. Yes. 
<laughs> he was in uh, Wendy Wu, a Homecoming Warrior, and the Yokai King. These are TV shows in Japan. Here we go. Hiroyuki Sanada. Mm, I don't think I did that. Yeah. Hiroyuki. Hiro no. Hiroyuki. Hiroyuki Sanada. Hiroyuki yes. Sanada. He played Yujio. He plays the dude that Yujio is the guy that's giving him uh, shit most of the time. Uh, his his the uh, Katsumoto's like right hand guy, yep. like his his enforcer, I should say. He's actually in Ringu One and Two, the uh, original, the movie Ring that was done is based on those. He's also in the movie Sunshine, Wolver the Wolverine. He's in the Lost TV show and he's in the Westworld TV show. So he's you, he looks very familiar when you see him on screen. So I think if people saw this movie, they'd be like, I know him somewhere. <sighs> Koyuki, yes, I think that's right. Plays Taka. She is, uh, she's in, oh, I'm going to get this, Raul Lemon and Blood, The Last Vampire and Alive. These are, again, these are Japanese shows. Blood, The uh, Last Vampire has got a little bit of a cult thing in America. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, a model. That's why she has the one name. She's a model turned actress, but she's very popular. Mm -hmm. Shun Sagata. I think that Nakayo, I think he was in Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Bunraku. Have you seen Bunraku? I have not. That's good. I've heard good things. It's about good. It, yeah. yeah. And he's in uh, Kuroshia 1. I don't know what that is, but it's a. I believe it's a TV, it's a movie in Japan. Toko Igawa. Yes. General <laughs> Hasagawa. He's in Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, he's also in The Last Jedi, Mike, which I know you hate. He's in 47 Ronin. But yep. also, he is the voice of Hero in the Thomas the Train series. Right. Yes. <laughs> he is. He and like all his credits are like he's in every single Thomas, even the new ones. So if you if you wow. if you have children like I do and you, you watch the episode Hero, this is the guy. I uh, got what is this? Uh, the next guy we got. Oh man, oh, Shin Shinsuke Nakamura. That's the one I knew you. Were yeah, gonna <laughs> Emperor. It play, he plays Emperor Mihi. I don't know if I said that right. He is in the Tale of the Princess Kaguya. I think I said that wrong. And he's in a bunch of Japanese TV shows. William Atherton as the Winchester Rep. I just put him in there because people will probably know him. He's in Die Hard One and Two, Ghostbusters, Real Genius. And then you had Scott Wilson as oh, Ambassador Swanbeck. He was also in one of our other films as well. Go ahead. What is it? <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, when you figure that out, you can tell me what oh movie, you can tell me what Scott Wilson, who played Ambassador Swanbeck, what movie was he in that we did? It's in season five. I'm working on Clay Pigeons. Way to go. He's also in the TV show The Walking Dead and Hostiles. He passed away two years ago. Butler, you suck. I, can't, right. I can't believe I can't think of the name of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, terrible. All right. So I'm going to just wrap it up with The Last Samurai has four Oscar nominations. Art Direction, Costume Design. Sugarland Express. Hey, cut me off again. <laughs> costume, Art Direction, Costume Design, Sound Mixing, and Best Supporting Actor, which is Watanabe. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. After watching this movie again, I think he should have won because he is phenomenal in this movie. No, absolutely. He is by far the best thing. This movie is, I, I enjoy this movie, but he is the best thing about this movie. And so I wanted to see who else was nominated that year and who won. I want to see if you remember who won. So he's nominated. You had... Alec Baldwin for The Cooler was nominated as well. Okay. This is a supporting actor. Mm -hmm. uh, Digimon Hansu for In America. Tim Robbins for Mystic River. And Benicio Del Toro for 21 Grams. Who won? Uh, was it Benicio? No, it was Tim Robbins for Mystic River. And I'm okay. going to tell you right now, I read the book for Mystic River, which I enjoyed. And I like the movie Mystic oh, River. Yeah, no, no, no. He's the father. Okay. He's the father that kills the daughter of Sean, Sean Penn. Yeah. But he's... He, he talks like, I'm sorry, but like he's good. He's not, it's not, it's not a terrible role, but 
after watching The Last Samurai again, Watanabe should have won. He is awesome in this movie. Awesome in this movie. So as soon as I saw how he was nominated, let me see that year. And I look at the nominees. I'm like, damn it. No, <laughs> no. All right, Butler. So I already told you I liked it. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. You said you saw this before, right? Oh, I've seen this a bunch of times. Okay. Uh, I think the last time I saw this was in the theater. The, a complete watching was in the theater. I've seen parts of it when it's been on TV. You know, it's on. Okay. Um, I don't, I mar- I remembered very little. Remember some stuff at the end. I remember like little pieces, but I didn't remember the whole thing. Um, where would you want to kick off here? Oh, well, um, I don't know. I, I've seen this probably four times, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Okay. I watched it in theaters. Then I got it on DVD and then I just watched the DVD a few times. And then I probably haven't seen it since high school. Right. <laughs> I remembered more scenes than you, but I mean, the, the scene that stuck out in my mind is obviously, I don't know if it's the scene that you remember most, is his wooden sword fight scene where he just keeps getting back up as he's getting knocked out. Uh, I remembered it, but I didn't. Like, that was like the I one remember I remembered clearly in my mind with the right. playing and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like this movie. Okay. I've always really liked this movie. Okay. I still really like this movie. <laughs> um, so where do you want where do you want to start since you hadn't seen it in a long time and you no, know uh, um you know what i know where we can start let's start off right with the controversy because i want to get right, right to that okay okay go ahead which, <laughs> no i'm just kidding. which controversy? the fact that tom cruise one or the samurai aspect of it because there's two controversies. yeah uh, well, let's do the tom cruise one because okay. that's the big one so this movie is kind of pointed out for a variety of reasons uh, the fact that it's a movie that has, uh, quote unquote, that white savior complex, which is, you know, it's a story that takes place in, I don't want to say feudal Japan, but it's 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 at a time in, in Japanese history where because the emperor is a real emperor. Obviously, this is based on some true stories based in the Meiji rebellion. Re- rest, the restoration yeah, of right. Japan when he's trying to take imperial Japan from where it was to empire Japan, which is basically to modernize the westernized the the civil yeah the westernize the civilization right. westernize the army modernize it they're trying to like modernize is what i keep right. saying they're trying it, to but, keep up with the rest of the world right they're trying right. to become a world power now the idea that westerners aren't come brought over to japan to do this is that that happened that happened all the time now it wasn't american it was more french i believe it was um french military advisors came over right uh, but so, but obviously, if Tom Cruise likes the, he's going to be in it. He's not going to. It's not going to be a French film. It's an American film, right? right? Right. I don't think I understand the. I understand. I don't want to say it's negativity. I think just people. Some people just point it out. Uh, I, I think they do a very good job of, kind of introducing to you the culture. I I don't really, I don't get I don't get the complete negative side of this i mean i understand why people talk about it but i don't i'm not really i don't know if i buy into it too much yeah he's not really this he's the savior in that he can advise um nakamura but he's it's nakamura right no no katsumoto katsumoto you're talking about the 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 samurai yeah. yeah he's he's he advises katsumoto but he's not the savior he's he is saved by the samurai correct and it's you know, everybody talks about how it's like white arrogance and stuff like that. But it's and, you know, when Mulan came out, there was a particular actor who was saying, like, oh, I can't wait to see about how people talk about my people's honor. Yeah. It's like movies back then. It's like honor is something we've lost and they want to get back. It's not something that's insulting. It's something that we as Americans think we don't have enough of. Right. And we look up to that. Right. And 
it's Algren who is saved by the samurai in the end. Yes. So uh, no, I, I hear. Yeah. Well, I think part of the part of the not anger but negativity towards this movie is that people the misconception that the last samurai is in reference to Algren. It's not. Uh, the title, the title, and it's not even Katsumoto. The last, sa- it, and they, it, this has been on record. The last samurai is, you're supposed to look at it as a plural form. It's supposed to mean the entire samurai culture. Right. That's the last samurai. It's not Tom Cruise. He is not the last samurai. So stop thinking that. Just because his big head is on the poster and it says the last samurai, the big head is on the poster so that when people walk in the theater and they see, oh, what, that Tom Cruise got a new movie? I'm right. going to put down $15 for that. That's why his head's on the poster. And that's not even in America. That's the whole world. Right. That's Ex- Japan as well. Exactly. <laughs> that's the other reason. This movie made more money internationally than it did uh, than it did at, at home. It made more money in Japan than it did at than, than it did in America. So right there off the bat, you know, enough. But go to the samurai controversy cuz what cuz So a lot of people especially in Japan they don't denounce the movie, but it's kind of just like with the Tom Cruise thing. They pointed out that it glorifies the samurai at the end of the restoration. And the samurai people say were very corrupt by the end. And they didn't want the modernization because they would lose their privilege as the warrior class. You know, the top knots being cut off and all that stuff did happen. But they were also a class above the rest. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like that their status was going to be lowered. And that's why they really had the rebellion. It was yeah. less about honor and safety and protection of the empire. And more about, oh, man, are we going to lose our jobs? Yeah, no, which which I mean, you that's human nature in terms of losing something that you've already had, you know, that kind of uh, oh, stature sure. and stuff. It, uh, Katsumoto is slightly based on like this whole movie is kind of based on the Satsuma Rebellion, which is also known as the Senan War or Senan War, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, which was led by Saigo Takamori mm-hmm. in 1877. So he's kind of based on this dude. But uh, you should know that, like, there's a. There is a statue of this guy in Japan right now because he is still looked up to like in the end of this movie at Katsumoto is uh, when he dies in the battlefield and spoiler and they're all they're all getting on their knees and uh, and showing him great honor and respect. So there is some truth to that. And I brought up the I brought up how, you know, Westerners coming over to help modernize the the Japanese army. That was mostly the Prussian general staff that did that, not America. But obviously for the movie, you're going to have America because you have Tom Cruise. Uh, but in real life, um, during the J- Japan Civil War, Jules Brunet was a French military advisor. He actually fought alongside uh, the samurai uh, in the Civil War. And I don't know if he did, but some of his men wore samurai um, armor. Right. So r- right then and there, it happened. I Get why you want to bring it up, but if you're going to bring it up about the white savior complex and just Tom Cruise being in this movie and Tom Cruise being like, if you're going to bring all that up, keep reading about where it's from, where it's coming from. Right. I get like maybe like you don't like the message it's sending because they're not really giving everybody the full story. Okay, that's fine. Then you give the full story, but don't just yell at it. Right. If you're not willing to kind of read into it and see, okay, well, what else is going on here? Because I am perfectly willing to sit here and say that ain't right. But I just I can't because it's it's based on stuff. And you know what I mean? Exactly. And he's a messed up character. I don't think he came in to save anybody. He's saved by the samurai. Right. They help him get off his alcoholic addiction. They give him a chance to redeem himself. Yeah. You know, the samurai didn't they could have made their last stand without him. Right. He's he's there because he's learning. He's our eyes into this world of the samurai to be like, this is great. Like there's a he's the audience. What's that miniseries that came out in the 70s? It was huge. Roots. 
No, about about the samurai. <laughs> That's the only big miniseries I remember. Man, my parents own. I have not watched it, but I know like it was big. It was a Bushi. It wasn't called Bushido. Well, oh, Bushi- Shogun. It was called Shogun. Shogun. Yeah, it was similar to so that. Bushido's the like, isn't that like not the religion, but the code? That's their code. Yeah, but yeah. I think yeah. there's some movie or TV show called Bushido. It is. I think you're right. Uh, but you know, this concept, you have to have somebody's eyes. Like it's tough for any culture to go through and just yeah. see like, oh, this is all Japanese. Like. If you want to do that, watch the. Why am I so bad with names today, man? Come on, today. Anything. Well, what, like, are the, what are the samurai films that? Oh, uh, Seven Samurai. What? Well, well, who's the director? Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Watch the Kurosawa <laughs> films. I mean, those are still pretty big in America and stuff like that, but there's still a little bit of a disconnect there because you're still. It's a just, foreign film. Boom! You're stuck right. in this culture without any kind of translation right. going. On. Right. Well, I mean, if you've watched the Magnificent Seven both versions and you've loved the magnificent seven guess what you watch seven samurai yep. so go watch seven samurai now i mean that's the thing like you're not warner brothers is not going to make a foreign film and spend 150 million dollars on it i say 150 140 million dollars on it hoping you get to the theater if they're going to slap tom cruise it's to make money that tom cruise is in there right it's it, this is a business this is not this is not a, a a social experiment this is not like this this is they're in the business of making money yes it's 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 necessary to be socially conscious about the stuff that you're putting on screen. But at the end of the day, don't be fooled. They're trying to make money. And I'm not, I'm not justifying that, but I'm just telling you why decisions are made like that. That being said, no one's going to see this movie. If everyone is speaking Japanese and there's nobody in there from America, this movie's not coming out out here, but I will say this well, crouching tiger, hidden dragons, which on. yeah, but that's more about the action, right? Exactly. Which is a great movie. But I will say this at the end of the movie, when Cruz, go, when Algren goes there and gives the sword to gives, it's actually his sword he gives to him, right? Or is it is it uh, Katsumoto's sword? sword? Yeah. His sword the, is on the back of the horse. Right? Gives the sword to the emperor. Says, you know, he would have wanted you to have this. I kind of wish that whole thing was in Japanese because I don't know why they're speaking English in that. In I that thought scene. the same thing. Yeah, because at that point he knows enough Japanese. So well, he we've already established that he can have. Full on conversations in Japanese yeah, with people. I, th- I thought the same thing. I didn't like that. I was like, come on. You that was uh, pandering to the audience. I, sure. Well, I wonder if it was initially in Japanese and maybe an exec's like, no, 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 no. We, this is we'll the end. Better. Yeah. That I will say that should have been all in Japanese. I, I, that, it just felt kind of it, everything in this movie felt genuine except kind of that moment. And yep. I was just like, mm, come on now. I agree. Yep. That's one of the notes I actually had. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to jump the gun. No, there. that's fine. We're talking about it. <laughs> And I will just to go back to I I just want to real quick I want just to go back to Jules Brunet who I brought up uh, he was a French army he he didn't he didn't fight alongside Japanese he actually helped the Chinese army so so it's kind of the same I take it back I'm sorry cut that out I'll cut it <laughs> so I brought up Jules Brunet and I said that he fought alongside uh, he was in the it was in the Boshin War that he fought alongside Inomoto Takai. Probably said that wrong. I apologize. Or Taaki, Taaki. But also, this is somewhat influenced by an American mercenary known as Frederick Townsend Ward, who helped westernize the Chinese army and formed the Ever Victorious Army. So, again, just wanted to throw another couple names out there at everybody. The late, you know, to kind of uh, I as move. usual, they're combining. Yeah, of course. Into one. Uh, but let's move on. Let's 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 kind of get into the movie. Let's talk about how Cruz almost got decapitated by a sword during one scene. Did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> so I bet he was on a mechanical horse and it malfunctioned. And uh, the guy playing Ujio, uh, who we just talked about, the the right hand man in Katsumoto, right. 
was swinging the sword and it, he had a, he stopped it short, but he almost cut his throat. Right. There's a way to go. <laughs> Cruz spent two years learning swordplay in Japanese for this movie. That's 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 Tom Cruise. I'm not surprised, <laughs> but that is awesome. That's like one of the things like doing that kind of stuff to be an actor. It's like so awesome to have that kind of training. Right. Like that stunt car work, you know, mm-hmm. for like I, I always bring it up. The director of the first uh, born movie mm-hmm. wanted Matt Damon to learn boxing, not because he ever was going to do boxing in the movie. But Matt Damon got free boxing lessons because he liked the way boxers walked. Yeah. And it's like, that's awesome. Hey, Tom, we're <laughs> going to send you to Samurai Boot Camp for two years. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, let's probably, go. Please. They, please. His Scientology army showed up at his house and they probably did it in his backyard. Oh, they were probably like, now you're going to learn a lot about Bushido, Tom, but don't don't buy into it. Don't buy it. It's all fake. Tom, all if, fake. if you cut some of the Scientology guys, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of like Russell Crowe who learned to play the violin for... Uh, for Master and Commander. Master yep. Commander. That's like um for the for La La Land. What's his face? Ryan, Ryan Gosling learning to play, to play piano. piano. So like it's that's all about that. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. So awesome, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You're getting paid for it. <laughs> I did. I also one of the other things I liked in this movie was that they used 500 extras in the final battle scene. Like oh it was God, just nice to watch. Awesome. It was nice to watch a giant scene where it wasn't digitally altered with digital people in the background. And you can tell even today. You could tell like. Like, oh, yeah, that's that. So, like, Troy, that's a cool, those are cool battle scenes, yeah. but you can tell they're copy and paste squares. Yeah. This was so just everything going on. I'm trying to look for actors overacting and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Fun. No, it's just nice to see. And, you know, it reminded me of Braveheart, which was probably what, eight years prior to this? Was it 96? Yeah. So maybe a little less, six years, seven years. Um, It was, and, and it was really nice to see. Because there's one shot where it's a wide shot and they're all fighting. You're like, wow, that's all people right there. That's all people. All daylight, too. So it's like yeah. you can't hide anything. Yeah. It was not. It was uh, It was good. It was good. This movie is not just about, like, I like Ed Zwick. I'm a big Ed Zwick guy. I talked about uh, Glory. I love Glory. I Glory's love the awesome. movie. Glory was one of the first movies where I watched and I was just like, I was like emotional. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is movie's so good. I love this movie so much. And when. At the end of the movie, when he tells them to give them hell, when they're walking to the front line, I'm just, this is in glory. I'm like, yeah, I'm yelling with them. <laughs> so I love that movie and I love everything about glory. Um, so I, I do like Edward Zwick and I, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I enjoy. I enjoyed the, I like the fact that it's, how about it's a, it's a, it's such a tough ask for you to tell the, your sister to take care of the man that just killed your husband in battle and make sure that he's okay. And it's, I thought that they did cause there is, I don't want to say there, there is romance, but it's more like it takes a while and they don't ever act like he kisses her, but it's not, she does not kiss back and she hugs him at the end when she puts, puts on his uh, armor. Like, yeah. Right. Like it's done in a way where there's no like love scene. There's no, cause even that kiss is not a kiss scene. You know what I mean? The kiss is like, almost an incidental kind of thing that happens it is but it's almost like she doesn't want to kiss him back because he's she thinks he's gonna die yeah it's it's acknowledging the romance at like the worst possible time right right it's like uh yeah it's probably too late right (laughs) one of the other things i enjoyed was the action was the fighting oh for sure yeah so which which one did you like the i mean uh let's take the let's take the final battle out of it okay which one did you like 
the best when they get attacked by, I, I guess that's a ninja tribe or a, a, a another samurai tribe. It's ninjas, yeah. Okay. Ninjas are just dishonorable samurai, essentially. Right. Yeah. So did you enjoy when they're fighting and when they Tom Cruise goes, well, excuse me, Algren is in the house and then they start fighting side by side? Or did you like when Algren fights on the street, when he fights those four dudes that kind of ambush him? Originally, I used I loved the street fight. When I right. watched it this time, I didn't like the street fight as much. Why not? What's up? Because it goes slow first, and or it goes it ramps it up to normal speed first, and then we see the fight again in slow motion. Yeah, it's I think like a dream, and it's like it should have been the other way around. Well, do you think he's? I wondered why that scene was in there, and I'm wonder. I wondered if that's if the way they did that scene was that he was remembering his moves and the fact that there's still one guy left. That was my theory. Either it was that he's now going through, did I kill all the guys? Right. Or because he cleared his mind, is he only just now processing what he did? Okay. But either way, <laughs> because when you see it in the first fight, when he's uh, training, it goes slow first. And yeah. he's trying to memorize, okay, he's probably going to do this move, this move, and anticipating it in his mind. And then you go the other way around in the street. I just didn't think it was necessary. Okay. I also think that that kind of calms down the excitement you just had. It should be ramped up or normal speed second. It should be like that quick, holy crap, what just happened moment. Mm-hmm. That should be the last thing you're left with in a fight is right. that excitement. Okay. But do you so but now you like the other fight better then. So the ninja fight's awesome. Right. I mean, it's a little ridiculous. It's a little overblown. But why is it well to how? I don't know. I just think that it just cut it pops up like, hey, this movie needs some action right here. Well, you they talk about how the uh, uh Omura sends the ninja tribe at them. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> The other thing was like there, they were. He's like, you know, it's gonna be winter, so snow's gonna block the pass. So you're stuck here till spring, and then like there's like no snow for the next forty five minutes. And then there's one scene and they're walking in the snow. Well, I think where they are, they're protected from the snow by by the mountains. mountains. Okay, yeah. I but well, I guess that makes sense why he says because the reason I didn't, I mean, I still really like that scene. It's really cool. Is I was like he's against traditionalist Japan, but yet he's sending ninjas, which are. At this point, hundreds and hundreds of years old at this point as well as the samurai. But then it's like, well, if he can't get his modern troops through, the ninjas can definitely climb the mountain, scale it, and go through. So that's maybe why he hired him. Well, they give they also give you the impression that Amura is working. He's not someone you can trust. The emperor's yeah, the emperor's too weak. They t- like you get the because he's young, so he's he's trying to listen to advice. He tells Katsumoto, "Tell me what to do." When they meet, he put too much on his plate. That's kind of what you get. Yeah. He's wanting to modernize, but he's still just a kid. Right, right. This is a lot for him to handle. And he's trying to he's trying to listen to everyone else and they're making deals. And, you know, obviously, Omura promised the American something. And at the end, and he just tells him that, you know, why don't you give him all your riches if you're if you're so uh, if you're so worried about Japan, that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, so, and to that goes to the point where we're we're talking about how the samurai were corrupt. So they do kind of like. do a little bit on the other side of that, whether that's real or not. I mean, I, I believe it's not a hard, it's not hard for me to believe that somebody's advisor to the emperor, to the president, to anybody is corrupt, trying to go be out for themselves. Selfish oh, right. Whenever like somebody's, so, you yeah. know, rich people get, want to just get richer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shocker. That's a classic thing. <laughs> Tale as old as time. Uh, you, you talked about how Aldridge, or Ald, is it Aldrin or Aldridge? Aldrin. Aldrin is he he's no longer an alcoholic like he you know stops his dependency on alcohol Doctor kind of forces that but yes right but like then he's like drinking again because he's upset again he falls back into the bottle that happens with alcoholics all the time I guess I guess but they don't really kind of it's more of they don't really 
give any weight to it after that. They, I think he's suddenly now given an opportunity to rejoin, and so now he can stop. He's remember he has never lived in a place for so long, and he's only he there for the that. winter since he was seventeen. Right. So this is the guy who's never had family. He's never had a life. He's never had dreams or a goal other than you know killing. <laughs> <laughs> and even that he doesn't want to do. So he's he's a man without a purpose. And he's given right. a purpose, and that allows him to kind of go, okay, I don't need this again. Well, he he's haunted by the actions that he did with Bagley, uh, yeah, about how they 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 slaughtered uh, women and children of uh, I can't remember the tribe. Uh, it was like it was supposed to be it's a, it's supposed to be based on something and that really happened. They talk about Custer a lot, right? Uh, how Katsumoto <laughs> talks about how he's he is uh, enamored with Custer uh, and how he went out in a blaze of glory kind of deal. Um, and then I, my, I forgot about the Thermopylae stuff when he tells him about the story about the 300, which I'm sure you've all watched that, that, that movie. And at the end, he's like, what happened to all the, the, oh, the yeah. soldier Thermopylae? Every last one of them dead. And he's like, he starts, he smiles. He yeah, smiles yeah. yeah. That, 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 that was good. And that, in that fight too, like he slices a dude right down the middle of his face. Yeah, he does. <laughs> awesome. The one thing I'll say about the fight, cause I keep comparing it to Braveheart. It's not as bloody as Braveheart. Braveheart is really bloody. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. But there were a lot of fallen horses in this one that I was, I was just thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it was horses, really I, tough to watch. That that can't be easy for even stunt horses. Like, even though they're trained. To they do don't know it, what they're doing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I kept thinking, like, how many of these did they put down? Like, how many got hurt? Because there's, there's some, like, they, they had, like, maybe five to ten minutes of just horses falling at some point. Yep. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of tough to watch a little bit. I mean, you get the humane society thing at the end, saying no animals were harmed, but mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about uh, Nobutada's uh, when they cut his top knot off? Did that feel staged? Like he's just in the middle of the street, standing there, and then all of a sudden he's harassed. I felt like there was no build up to it. Yeah. Right. It just right. kind of happened. Yeah. That could just be there's a slightly longer version of that scene. But Maybe. I think it's just there to trigger Tom Cruise and to trigger <laughs> Algren to go, oh, no, I'm with the samurai and further, you know, raise the suspicions of the, yeah. the men that were sent to follow him. Yeah. Nobutada's death on the bridge is kind of symbolic of, you know, old versus new. I mean, there are a lot of soldiers that keep coming around that corner. They just didn't stop. Yeah. A lot of guards. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he charges them on the bridge and they blow him away with their muskets. Uh, and and you know, he's fighting them off with his bow and arrows. So it's, it's, and those bows, man, those are huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah samurai bows are awesome. Yeah. Pretty impressive. What did you think about the relationship between Algren and the kids? Taka's kids. We talked about with Taka. They, um, the older one, they kind of show him being cool to him a little bit because obviously he's old enough to know that he killed his father. Right. But they never really dive into it. It's he has more of a connection or more scenes with the younger kid, um, especially when that, that, that kid's telling him he doesn't want him to go uh, fight in the in the when the war and the, battle, and the yeah. battle and he's crying. I kid which is pretty good. The kid was pretty good in that scene. Right. Um. Yeah, no, it just I I I kind of really dug Cruz in this movie uh, and some of the smaller moments. I thought he was really on. If that's right. yes. you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't sense. Uh, I don't know. I didn't sense. He was very acting, different. Yeah, he was maybe. a very different Tom Cruise. Right. He wasn't all smiles and stuff like that. He was a very troubled 
mm-hmm. um, you know, toxic person. Mm-hmm. And kind of like in Collateral, where he plays the villain, it's like this is a very different Tom Cruise than we're used to seeing. Right. Uh, which I really like. But I really like the relationship he has with the kids because it's so interesting with the samurai culture and the way that they live their life and think, you know, they understand that, you know, he killed his father in right. a glorious battle. So his father died a good a good death. Right. So they don't hate him, but they don't like him. It's it's tough. They're like torn between the two and you kind of see that at the beginning. Well, who says it to it's not the wife Maybe it's a brother. Nobutada is a brother that says that it's the, or maybe it was the way that the samurai is very samurai way is very hard on children because they don't understand it. Yes. So they, they they do mention that. I think it was her. They do mention that in the in the movie that it's just they, it's difficult for them to kind of wrap their head around it. Yeah. So there is that. Which so it, but it, I can imagine it's tough to to understand all that. I just really like. I mean, I talked about it a little bit before. Uh, about Watanabe uh, winning the supporting actor nod, and where I thought that he should have, or he was really good in this. He he's got scenes, and he's very reserved at times, which is nice. He's very I love every time he ends this conversation, he just runs away. Yeah, uh, he's quick to walk to walk away, but he's very he's got a lot of emotions and thought processes going on in his head in different scenes. He's curious. He wants to know his enemy. He wants to know his friend. He wants to. He's got to protect the, 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 the town. He's got to, you know, lead his emperor out of the shadow, out of the, you know, the shadow. Like there's a lot of stuff that's going on and his, his moments with Cruz are are really good. I kind of wish there was more talks between them, but that's probably not a movie that people want to see. Yeah. You get that kind of like, he's, they're not exactly friends. And then you just have that montage where you see them talk. You can't hear anything. That's like, okay, now we've talked a lot. There's really no way to do that unless you want a three-hour movie because this movie's already 235, 240. Yeah, you got to add more time. To it's, movie. Yeah, so it's it's really tough to to kind of do that. What I really like about um, Ken Watabi's character is that he's very, like you say, he's reserved at time. He's quick to walk away, but he's also not the typical, you know, hard, hardened, you know, ancient leader. You know, he's got moments of levity as well where he's, He's funny. He's sarcastic. He's not like I love the scene when they talk to the other side right before the final battle, and he comes back and he goes to his men and go, "Well, they won't surrender," yeah. and everybody laughs. It's just yeah. like that that moment of levity right before a huge battle. It's not what you maybe expect well, from this great samurai leader. But you, but I think you do expect you don't expect fear because to die in battle is a great honor. Oh right, yeah. So I don't. You wouldn't expect anything like dour at that moment. So I think that that was good. I think they just all, none of them, you know, if they die, they die. And that's, that's great to die fighting for what you believe in. That's their code. Um, you know, you know, it's minus the, uh, <laughs> minus the corruption that you referred to before. Uh, that's not in this movie, but Hey, who cares? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I, I love that the last battle is your two protagonists are expected to die. You're going through that last 25 minutes of the movie where both protagonists could die, probably will die and expect to die. Right. And kind of want to die. I forgot. It's a very interesting ending. I forgot that Cruz survived. Like I thought he died. I, for some reason, I remember the scene when they, they're charging. And I remember the scene when they had the gun, the, the machine guns. And then I thought it just, for some reason, in the back of my mind, I thought it just faded out. Oh, it faded really? away. Yeah. I, I, and maybe I'm mixing it with another movie, but 
I just I didn't I didn't remember him dying him surviving. It might be because of Timothy Spall's last speech what was where that? he says that you know a lot of people think he he went back to America or that he succumbed from his wounds. Right. But I like to think he made it back. It's kind of like telling the true story of like yeah this guy probably didn't survive that battle but. We're going to give you that Hollywood ending. But he does tell that story after he presents the sword. So he already was patched up. It's not like he was bleeding out, giving him the sword. He was patched up, but you got to wonder how long sure. after that is that? Because he's having trouble getting two, two inches off to that, <laughs> off to that new mat. He's, he's really struggling. That's acting, baby. <laughs> That's good. He got, he got messed up by those uh, machine guns. I love that scene where all the, like the, the colonel is crying while the, uh, the machine guns are pumping out. Oh, the second in command, second yeah, command. Amura, yeah. I assume he's a colonel, but yeah, no, no, you're right because Amuro is is whatever he is, but he, you know, I like I like the way Tony Golden goes down like real quick, sword right through the oh, chest, yeah. and his line to him, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go over there and and train Japos how to kill for five hundred. Yeah, um, yeah. Just remember, I'm glad to kill you before. I kill yeah, you. <laughs> exactly. Nice. I'll see you on the battle, and he does. <laughs> oh, I know, I, I. I was surprised. I figured like, cause in the first battle, he's like to the back, this isn't our fight. Like they're going to go away. And they kind of, I, th- I was waiting for him to say something like, I'll see you in the back or something like that. But yeah, didn't. Well, I love that. He's just getting more and more back. He's getting more and more upset that, you know, Amuro is sending in the whole force. He won't listen to him. Like, he's like, just like, what? Just send in small skirmishes. Oh, nope. Yep. And he is <laughs> understanding like, oh, we don't have a chance. <laughs> Somebody's like, go, go again. He's just like, fine, I'll go take care of this. <laughs> I loved the the village was the the sets and stuff were so good in this movie as well. Well, when they're in when they're what city are they are they supposed to be in Tokyo? No, I assume because yeah, okay. it's the emperor's there. Yeah. So when they're in Tokyo, when they're in the uh, I like when they're in Tokyo. I like the the shots of like the, the power cables and the stations, and then you get the. The people in Western costumes walk, Western outfits walking around, you know, the white people, the Japanese people. But then you still get those high society Japanese people, the woman being carried in the carriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, a woman in a little box. Yeah. What was that? That's how they just got traveled around. Just in a box. Oh, yeah, it's a carriage. But she's a geisha, right? Uh, was she a geisha? I don't know if she's a geisha or just a high, high class woman. But gotcha. yeah. High class. High class woman. Well, right she's there. got people to carry her around. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> um. But even even the village, the samurai village is so well made and so well done and so just awesome to look at. And, you know, you have the the steps of the rice field. You have their their saunas and stuff like that. Like I know it was filmed in New Zealand, but it's really this otherworldly, beautiful landscape that you see, especially when we're in samurai town. It's like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's done a little different. You got some plants there and stuff. (laughs) No, I got you. I, I just really enjoyed the set work. And the uh, inside of the houses and stuff like Taka's house was really, really well done, I thought. Right. And the traditional costumes and the samurai outfits, the swords were awesome. Which I guess the swordsmith that's making the swords in the uh, montage before war, he's actually an actual Japanese swordsmith. He made, uh, what, the 13 or 14 swords for the movie, like real swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's it's really, really cool that they had that in there. So the um so was there anything in this movie that you really didn't like? Like cuz there's some things that you were like, "Ah, oh, it was okay, it's okay." And like could this movie be shorter? Should this movie have been shorter? It's long. See, it's long, but I 
I never noticed the length. I mean, right. this is probably my fifth time seeing it. Granted, it's been a while, so it's like I can watch it now and be like, oh, okay. It's like watching it for the first time again, but it still it, it moves so well. You know, you've got the interspersed action. You've got these conversations. You have great acting. You know, the movie never drags. Everything service like we always talk about it. Everything in the script, I think, services the story with the possibility that the ninjas are thrown in because maybe we're a little too slow at that point. But I still love the ninja scene because it's just awesome. And cool. Well, the ninja scene is also the attack is also to show you that what he's learned, what Aldridge, Aldridge has learned and all also like how he's protecting him, how he's allegiance or he's. You suddenly shifted. his Right. Yeah. He's like he's come to he's not doesn't view them as enemy, which the one thing I will say at the when they go and he has safe passage to the emperor and they just let him go. They let Aldrin go. His whole thing was he was going to be free. Yeah. Aldrin doesn't live there. He's he was not never going to come right? back. He was never supposed to come okay. back. Right. But he, but the reason why he, the reason why he took him in was because he had that dream about the white tiger. And then when he sees him fighting six samurai, he's waving the flag that has their white tiger flag. Exactly. On like it. his vision. Right. But like he was supposed to save him for some reason, but then he's just okay with letting him go. Well, cause maybe he had the white tiger so that he could save him from the ninja. Right. Okay. So maybe he accepted his, maybe that's what, that's what it was. And they made an honorable, he told him he made a promise. I will let you go when the, you know, the snow melts and spring arrives. Okay. So, all right. He's good. I'll let him go. So you put this on the list. I put this on the list and then you chose it for this season. Did I really? Yes. This was your choice for this season. I put it on probably because I hadn't seen it in a while, but if you're going to ask me why I think it's forgotten. Oh, well, that's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the name of this podcast, but yes. I think and it's the same reason that I actually have Gladiator in this list as well. I think a lot of historical. Which I don't think should be on the list. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of historical films are kind of forgotten. And, and now you get a lot of different kind of films nominated for Best Picture. You get a lot of flack about, like I said, Tom Cruise being the sure. one in there. So you're never going to like show this again. In like a big way or in a positive light, I don't think. Now it's always going to be within that negative connotation. Sure. And I think it this film deserves to be seen. I think there's a lot of good in this film. I think the message is actually it's a there's a good message in this film, even if you know in real life maybe the samurai were a bit corrupt and you know mm-hmm. it's this loss of honor, this sense of 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 doing what's right of of just as as well just filmmaking as well just mm-hmm. looking at the film the battle scenes the acting the fact that it's two hours and 40 minutes and really doesn't feel like two hours 235 and doesn't feel like it It really moves it's really well done it's really well acted we didn't even talk about the score Hans Zimmer's score is really well done and barely has any drums nope yep. <laughs> which is a, a, amazing for Hans Zimmer but I think this is this is an incredible film with awesome acting by actual Japanese actors from Japan I think it's a great blend of East and West, and I think it deserved to be seen. And I, I think Tom Cruise, just like in Collateral, really nails it with his portrayal of Algren and his, you know, you're not getting that smiley Tom Cruise. You get a really troubled protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, it runs the risk of being forgotten because of the possible negative flack that, you know, we talked about a little bit at the, at the start of this podcast. And that's... I think we laid it out. I don't want to lay it out again. Uh, but I will say like in terms of being historically accurate and not just this movie, but any movie, 
stuff that's historically accurate that you want stuff to be right you want stuff to be how it was or how it truly happened well that's great go watch a documentary about it because this is not a doc this is a story mm-hmm. and they take liberties i gotta tell you even a biopic that you watch or even any kind of story you give me a story that you love not you but anybody right love and i will find you the time when they they fudge something they, they absolutely because yeah. they it's impossible to get it perfect and if you get it perfect it's a documentary go watch a documentary this is not what you're watching. You're not watching true life. You're watching a story and liberties are taking all the time. It's, this is what people get paid a lot of money to take liberties and tell stories. That's what they're doing. They're, the, the design of a movie is to get your butt in the seat and to pay the money. That's what the goal is. It's not, I, you don't have to like it. Uh, that's fine, but that's what it is. That's what they're doing here. So, so that, that kind of complaint, that argument, I, uh, while I understand it, that's not, I mean, you're arguing something that nobody's disagreeing with you about, but that's not why they're making the movie, you know? So like people shouldn't just not watch this movie because someone else said like, oh, that's one of these type of movies. No, watch the movie and, and make your own opinion yeah. and make your own judgment. Um, it's, it, it's only 17 years old. And I mean, we see it every once in a while, but it's never, this is, this is one of those movies that is almost, almost an example of what we talk about in our opening, whether you see a movie that comes out and you like it, but you never talk about it ever again. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's, and this is one of those movies that you liked when you saw it and then you never went back to it because you liked when you saw it and that was it. Well, I think a lot of, like I said, like sorry, I think a lot of historical dramas now, they're just kind of, they don't happen. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of historical dramas. You get it maybe as far as like the 50s and 60s, but that's kind of, especially like Best Picture winners and Best Picture noms, that's, that's what they're looking for now. You're getting these more modern uh, best picture winners. These, what do they call them? When you when you make a film that you're making to try to get the best picture. There's a name for that. Prestige pictures. Oh, right. You're making these prestige pictures. They're not historical dramas anymore. Those the historical dramas are going to like Netflix, like the one that Chris Pine did or the one that Timothy Chalamet did. You know, these movies aren't being shown as like these like, oh, like maybe audiences have got tired of them. Sure. Or That's also maybe film studio studios are just think audiences don't want to watch them. Anymore. Well, I, well, you also have we we can get into it, but you also have uh, a studio system that is big on temple movies, and the temple movies that they're big on are superhero films because right. those are the movies that make money. This movie would not get made now. This movie, if it got That's made, it would not yeah. get made for 140 million dollars. They don't want to put all that money no. into a big historical drama because it's not a big budget. Warner, Warner Brothers wants to make. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, even though I just read an article where they're it's not going to do anything, but they want to make big giant franchise IP movies that can that can keep going and keep going, and that's why they redo Batman all the time. So it's yep. like they don't they they wouldn't do a movie like this. They wouldn't be as apt to do a movie like this unless a big time star like Cruz comes to them and is like, "I'm doing this movie. I'm putting up this amount of money." He took no upfront salary for this movie. Well, points in the back end, of course. Right. So I mean, he had to sweeten the deal obviously to get them to do it, but Tom Cruise is still you can say how crazy he is or you think he's weird and nuts and all the we joked about the Scientology thing a little bit you can say all you want he still brings people into the theater and people love him and oh, I love right. him so so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like I said before I want can't wait to see Top Gun Maverick and I, I could care less what Tom Cruise does in his off time I want to see Top Gun Maverick so there you go absolutely alright Butler um, why don't you do what you do and let everyone know where they can find us All right, do what you do man <laughs> You can find, if you want to find our other episodes, you can find us on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. 
Uh, we are also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Forgotten Cinema Pod or Forgotten Cinema. Look us up, comment, suggest movies. We'll always put them on the list. We'll get to them in time. Maybe not right away, but we will get to them. What did you think about Last Samurai? You can comment on our post as well after we release this. Let us know what you guys thought. We'd love to have conversations. We'd love to talk about movies. We come out every Wednesday. A commercial comes out every Thursday. Check out those commercials. They're pretty fun. We do it for you guys. We do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, and you know what? On that, Join us next week. We're going to be going to 1998. We're going back a couple years from The Last Samurai. We're going to be doing a butler pick, The Negotiators, starring Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> I, was, I blanked on the name, and J.T. Walsh. So uh, that's next week in The Negotiator. Until then, have a great week. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, everyone, take care. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. <laughs> do you want to do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. All right. All right, I'm everyone. that mess up in there. No, that's not cool. Fine, I'll cut it. God forbid you cut my stuff. You're, you're, you never mess up. I messed up on all those names. I'll probably keep that. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> we'll see. All right, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. This is a very good conversation. <laughs>